0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip outs, man. I got this, yeah.
1: And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time! to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle
2: Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. As promised, we have the interview that is always amazing. Tony Gravely is in the house. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
2: Incredible. Incredible. Better now and especially after that short hook that you just finished Johnny Munoz Jr. with. We now have like I have watch parties when when you're on a card, we all get so hyped to watch it. So this one didn't last long, but man, did it get loud? Holy smokes. So I guess the first thing just out the gate is, you know, you you, we've talked to you before about how the foundation of wrestling is so important. But this time, holy smokes, there's power in those hands. That short hook was incredible. Is that something you thought was going to be open or did you just kind of roll with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I figured I figured like, um, you know, I, I would I would want to strike a little more um, just because, you know, I, I feel like that's an advantage I had, you know, over top of them as well as, as the wrestling. But I just wanted to kind of mix everything up. And the first, you know, I, the first little bit was me kind of gauging and kind of like tracking them down, kind of. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start I wanted to start with low kicks and then body kicks with the Rangers off a little bit. Um, backed him against the cage through the first like exchange of punches and the very last punch just you know he it was a a combination of of um, me just committing to a combination and a combination of him you know kind of being cornered and and almost being forced to take a bad shot in a way and and then it resulted in uh, me winning, which, you know, is great. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was incredible. And
1: was that uppercut, was that kind
0: of the end of the combination you were mentioning or kind of just in the middle you caught him? Yeah, it, it was actually the last punch I threw. Um, you know, and it, and it just uh, – in the past, I kind of had issues with – I would throw like one or two punches at a time, and, and lately it's just been more combinations, which is good because, you know, you notice a lot of the fights that you see – people may throw like three or four punches. They may land two but or one, but the one's all they need. But the more you throw, um, you know, the more opportunities you have to, to hurt the person. You know, you also have opportunities to, to get hit as well. But, um, you know, a lot of times when you just fully commit, then it's whoever commit first is going to be the most successful.
1: Talk to us a little bit more about that punch. I mean, so it lands. Did you know right away that you hurt him bad? Obviously, you followed him to the ground and, and finished the fight as – uh, instinctively and, and, as much as you trained, but did you know when that landed that his lights were out?
0: Yeah, I felt, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you brace for like a collision in a way, like it's kind of how wrestling and shooting and throwing punches when two people are coming together, you kind of almost brace a little bit for a collision and the collision happened, but there was no more resistance, you know, it just like collapsed. And, uh, I knew it, you know, I felt, I felt that hit, um, and then I felt him go limp and I, I I knew that it was um, you know, it was that it that it hit him and that he was, you know, ready to get out of there. Awesome. And you were visibly hyped up after that. I mean, jump around, <laughs> shouting
1: they you told everyone. Can, can you talk a little bit about were you saying that it was gonna be a first round finish? Were you just kind of seeing all the analysts uh talking about his
0: jujitsu and knowing that you were just levels ahead on the feet Or you tell know tell us about it that. Was, it was actually like a little bit of both, and I was telling my wife, I like I feel so embarrassed because I like completely lost it, you know. <laughs> the, going into the fight, I was telling her, I was like, man, I was the most calm I'd ever been. It was like it was another sparring day. I was telling myself, don't load up on punches. You don't need it, you know. Throw really hard. Just touch them. You, you know. And I was so calm. I was so in the moment. And I tell her, I to her and tell people all the time, like. You know, and you may have heard before, but once a fight happens, it's almost like you disconnect from your body, your mind kind of like levitates over and it's almost like you're spectating in a way, you know, because your body's just doing, it's naturally what it's, you know, muscle memory is doing and sometimes your mind's not in there, but this time it was like everything was in there, it was like perfect. And I was telling her, like, I was so composed. And the second it was over, I, it's like I couldn't control myself. You know, it was crazy. It was like I, – I tell her it was like, imagine the most excited you ever got and just put it times 10 and, and you got to get rid of that energy right now. <laughs> you know, like that's what it feels like. It, it feels weird, you know. Yeah, I mean, it looked yeah. like – Obviously, so you said good, there though. was a
1: feeling out process for that first minute, but it almost looked like the adrenaline dump came after the finish. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah, or, or extra adrenaline.
0: And then it don't.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. And, and you you mentioned your wife and and uh, especially the anniversary. Congratulations again. But so I noticed that she was in your corner and I've always wondered, is that like, does she actually give um, call outs during the fight? Or is it more like there for just emotional support? Does she talk to you in between rounds? Is there a strategic
0: value to that? it's it's more for just emotional support you know it's one of those things where um we we spend so much time together you know all the time she's my best friend so it's like when we when we get to do this it's almost like in a way like a family thing but you know but for me it's just good to have her there it feels good it feels comfortable um in the locker room you know she'll tell you otherwise otherwise because she's like her anxiety. She she's really worked up. She's like worried the night before, you know, stuff like that. So you know, my job is to just stay calm and and reassure that I'm gonna win, and you know, because that's all I can do, right? And then go yeah. out there and try my best to make it happen. So you know, but it's it's a I, I enjoy it. I think it's 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 kind of a unique thing. It kind of it seems like it almost got like popular, but yeah. I feel like we were still one of the first because she's been cornering me for. I've had 30 professional fights now and over 20, over 20 of those for sure. She's cornered me. Wow.
2: Yeah, I just know that like there are a couple other people that like notably I'm like, oh yeah, they're they have their another in the corner. And it's interesting because each corner kind of uses it in their own unique way. Like some actually give calls, like Gina Manzani's one that comes to mind. And then others are there just for, you know, like we said, that emotional support. So it's interesting to see the dynamic. But man, 20 so more fights than not, she's been in your corner. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that. Definitely,
0: so it's, it's pretty cool. It's it's cool. It's like I um, I don't know. It, it's 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 hard to explain, but it's it's really cool just to have her like, you know, along the way, and she sees everything, and she gets to experience all this stuff. Even though she, we're, we're both the same. We really both don't like attention. But I'm in a sport where, like, I mean, I, right. I, I have there has to be a certain amount of attention, you know,
3: right? But, team sport. Um, but so
0: Tony, she, she's missed a few fights. Like, what was the reason for her not being in some of those? Um, there were some fights where either she didn't corner me because um I think the very first time she cornered me, it started. Um, I always fall out like out of town, it was always up north somewhere, like way like kind of far away from where I live. So um, you know, if my parents didn't come, then what would she do? You know, so if my parents can make it, I think there was one time they like couldn't make it and we were like, what? could she just corner me? Like, do you need any kind of special, you know, anything special? It was like, no, you just, you know, fill up applications and we were like, okay, well, you know, it kind of happened once and then it just kept happening. And then it just, you know, uh, unless like there was an event where it was like close to where we lived and uh, you know, a lot of people could come and she could like be in the crowd with, you know, like my parents or my cousins and stuff like that, or her friends, you know, that would be, um one of the reasons why she wouldn't have cornered yeah
2: it's had she ever cornered you when there's when it's like a massive sellout I know so many fights are just in the apex now these days and I'm trying to think has there ever been a a massive card where she cornered you was the was the most recent one
0: (laughs) one I I don't even remember I would say I I guess the UFC 270 was the biggest 70 um, and then my debut was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it was a pretty big turnout. Like it was a lot of people. wasn't probably yeah. wasn't as many people as I don't think it was as many people as California, but it was a good amount. So those are really the only two times I've ever fought in not not fought in the Apex yeah. as as being signed to the UFC.
2: A lot more is coming because it's becoming more and more of a draw. I mean, we were talking uh, even pre-show or after your win. It's like we're we're ready for ranked. I mean, you're you're looking incredible. Do you have someone on your mind, or do you? I know at at the end of the fight you were so jazzed that you didn't have (laughs) anything for Paul, but we were wondering. I mean, is there someone on the tip of your
0: tongue? Yeah, like honestly, you know, it, it really doesn't matter that much, you know. Um, but the only reason why I like, keep like bringing up like this one guy, uh, I keep bringing this guy named Chris Gutierrez is only because it's only because on the contender series, like right after my contender series fight, I, I don't know how it stumbled upon it. And he had mentioned wanting to fight me. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm saying yes, you know, then, you know, like, yes, I would. Yeah. You know, so I don't know how much of a factor that really plays in, uh, you know, matchmaking. They may matchmake whatever they want regardless, you know? So, um, but you know, that, that's the name and his, his teammate uh, named Jonathan Martinez. They're both actually really good fighters. So it's not like I'm, I'm trying to call out somebody that's an easy fight. You know, these, these guys are tough. They're good strikers. um, And I would like to, you know, test my striking and test my fighting in general, everything, you know, I want to fight where I can put it all together so I can really show like how much better I've gotten. So, um, you know, hopefully that happens. You know, sometime soon. Um, and uh, we can get the ball rolling again. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> actually ball an, awesome,
2: that's an awesome call out, honestly. Like, even just looking at it, he's undefeated in the UFC, you're on an absolute tear. It's that would be a good fight. And I'd love to see the stand up. That, that short hook, I'm
1: still jazzed about <laughs> it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Those guys are, you just got
0: to check a leg kick or two. Um, but yeah, going back yeah, to yeah, the emotions, gonna, uh, we fight. definitely know that. <laughs> right. I've seen it they, they both they both fight like that so um you know which is which would be good you know it's different different uh like almost challenges to overcome throughout you know as you as you fight different fighters everybody's different so it would be like a new challenge you know would he like kick me because i could take him down you know that that may be like maybe he doesn't want to throw kicks so right. you never know you know that's just such a great sorry dan it's
2: just such a great right. segue to for something i really wanted to ask and that's just So your career has so far in the UFC has been incredible coming off the contender series. And there's been um, the Brett Johns fight, your first fight in the UFC till this all the way to this Johnny Munoz fight. There's I've seen just some crazy improvements. What's like your, I guess, like how do you describe all the experience in the octagon? Like you've had six fights now. So man, so many. And every one over and over, I just see more and more improvement is is there anything, like, how, how would you describe I, – I don't even know really how to get this across. It's just how would you describe the storyline so far of you
0: being in the UFC? Like, what's the experience like? It, it's, I mean, it's it's crazy, and it's even more crazy now that, like, I get to, like, train an American top team and, like, be amongst these people that, you know, we, we've probably talked about this before, but just still being amongst people that you used to look up to and you still look up to. You probably admire more now because you see – you know, how cool of a person they are on top of how good of a fighter they are. So now you, you know, are even more close to this person. But just seeing people like that, um, you know, in the gym and and getting to experience that is crazy in itself, you know, even if I wasn't in the UFC. But, you know, being in the UFC, like I, every now and then, I, I'll just, I'll be walking around and, I, and I'll, you know, I'll my wife up. Like, this is, it's crazy. Like that I, I'm in the UFC, you know, like I'm still at a point where it's like, um, and I hope I never lose this, you know, that kind of excitement to uh, just like almost like disbelief of it. You know, I feel like uh, that that helps me kind of uh, stay hungry in a way and also never be complacent. Because I know that, you know, at any moment, you know, I could, God forbid, i lose two fights in a row, look really bad. I could get, you know, they could get rid of me, you know. So, you know, I understand that it's it's not, you know, just – um an easy easy task to to stay in the ufc so i'm just trying to um learn learn as much as i can be a sponge and just keep growing yeah and we've seen it and i let uh one more thing just again sorry dan these keep seguing. uh
2: the starstruckness we were so dan and i flew out to pfl and we we've gotten the opportunity to cover that a couple of times and I got to talk to, uh, Mike Brown right before Kayla Harrison. And I, and I, I, name dropped you and I was like, yeah, yeah, Tony good. <laughs> and oh, he had nothing but amazing things to say. And it was just, uh, it, I was starstruck to see him and it's like, I, I, I know talking to you, I'm always just like, I get a little butterflies, but it's crazy. ATT awesome. Mike Brown is great. Your, your
0: career following your career has been great, but yeah, I, I name dropped you to Mike Brown. So <laughs> that's awesome. Mike's Mike's a cool guy. He's a really good coach. He he's a very open-minded coach too, which is good because you know, he'll he'll take something that somebody's good at and we will be drilling and he'll let them show it. Like he he doesn't care to to let somebody else to to admit that like somebody else is better at a certain thing, you know. So it's really cool that you you learn a lot more because you know the the it's already so diverse in the gym. And to have a coach kind of, like, um, pick these diversities, some different things, and help each people grow, you know, is really cool.
1: Yeah, going back a little uh, to the emotions pre-fight, I know you mentioned a couple times that you are going to kill him and you were this close to doing it. Um, I guess, how much did the the previous matchup, the King of the Caves Championship in 2019, uh, factor into your attitude going into this fight and and I guess, how different was it preparing for him the second time?
0: I mean, honestly, it didn't really, wasn't really much of, a, you know, much of any, any uh, lean into it because, you know, it's, you, you're that long ago. It's so, it's almost like a completely different person for most cases, you know, as long as people are, are training and progressing, um, you know, you could, you could, cause me three years ago is completely different from me now too. So, so, you know, you're, you're kind of re it's for a new person, you know, and, and all, all the, like, all the, like, I guess the animosity I had, had nothing to do with, like, him personally, really, it was just, I've just been, I don't know what it's been, and, and I don't know if it's because, like, you know, my last fight was more grappling, I just could not wait to hit somebody, and uh, I just wanted to hit him, you know, and, and I, uh, I feel like, you know, in a way, well, I'm absolutely glad that it, you know, didn't take long, but in a way, I wanted to, do a little bit of mo- a little bit more of it, you know? And I had so much more to give, and it, like I said, just had to leave. <laughs> it had to leave my body.
2: <laughs> Crazy. Oh, no, that's was, awesome. Yeah,
0: It was one of the most hyped I, I've ever seen. It was awesome to watch
2: from a spectating standpoint, too, to see that it was so raw. It was awesome.
1: And then was there anyone, I mean, you've talked really greatly about American Top Team and, and just the amount of personalities and different styles, styles of fighters that you get to train with there. Uh, I know you called out a couple of teammates, but I guess who really um, emulated Munoz's style the best for you and, and what was able to give you those reads?
0: I think the best the, – the person I, that I sparred with the most, um, this fight and the last fight, actually, because they were kind of similar in a way, kind of, um, as far as being good at certain submissions. But um, his name's Victor Diaz, and he actually – um, he could be in the UFC right now and he could be ranked as, he's, he's a flyweight. He's a, he's a really big flyweight and he's really strong for a flyweight, which is crazy because um, he's much bigger than me and I'm a weight. But um, he's one of those guys, Victor Diaz. He, he's actually the Titan FC flyweight champion right now. Oh, wow. And uh, he, he is good. He's really good. He's strong. He's got really good jujitsu. His striking's good. So he's he, he definitely gives me um, some of my toughest rounds so the last camp um, you know for the fight I sparred a lot with him and this with the same way and uh, yeah, he, he's good I, th- I think I, I think for sure he could be in the UFC right now and be ranked but you know hopefully he gets his opportunity soon I, I know it'll it'll happen eventually though.
1: It's An interesting yeah, point awesome. you said uh, you mentioned the similarities between the Simon preparation and, and the Munoz preparation were you surprised that I guess the general public or Vegas or whoever thought that uh, Munoz was going to be a tougher matchup for you than Simon, and at least in terms of the odds?
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, with some people, I, I don't know how they go about making odds, you know, but, you know, and, and I know you can't do MMA math and you can't look at paper and anything work, you know, like I, I understand that, but um, a lot of people don't understand that, but I think people, I think I don't understand. It. It's almost like people see that, Um, I've been submitted in the past, like, but they don't take into consideration that was, like, years. That was before, like, I got the opportunity to, like, train an American top team and get really good grapplers that are really good at specific things. And, you know, so they see those submissions and they see someone that has a lot of submissions. They just assume that, oh, this guy's going to get submitted, you know, but they don't realize that's, like, a completely different version of me that, you know, never – that was before, you know, I had years of progression, so – I think people see that and I think that's how they, I guess that's how they get, you know, they formulate theirs. But, you know, honestly, man, I know i fought a lot of tough people, so I don't understand how people don't take that into consideration too. The losses that I have, the wins that I have are all experienced fighters and, uh, you know, I don't think he has really ran into anyone super experienced yet. Except for our, we have a common opponent. Um, But other than that, I, I think that was his first real test, you know. Well, it worked well for us because we have this little segment here called
2: Ankle Lock and we pick our number one bet of the evening. And guess what? It was you at the the Luscious Line. So not only did you make us money, but a lot of uh, our listeners as well. That's awesome. Tony, thank you so much as always for coming on and, and chatting it up with us and being so gracious with your time. It's always a blast to see you um everyone go follow tony gravely everywhere you can uh twitter is a big one instagram is always good and and a fun thing to watch too um and then we are gonna do a merch drop and and we'll look to give away some followers so let tony know we sent you and it'll be a fun time
0: uh tony anything else no i mean that's it I, i appreciate you guys having me back on it's good to talk to you guys again always of course it it was our our
2: honor and, and it's always great after a great win too so
3: that wraps up our interview with tony gravely as always a very welcome addition to the pod coming off another win in particular we love seeing him succeed with that danny reese we're here for setting the spread but before we jump over there anything else we want to add and shout
1: out to his teammate, got the do- job done, Sergey Morozov. You know, he spent those hours training with Tony, and it, it worked, paid off.
3: Yeah, and
2: it's just such a pleasure always catching up with him. He's always got more insight, and it's gotten to a point, too. What I love is it's, a, it's like a personal basis with him now, too. Like, I genuinely want to hear about what's going on in his life outside of fighting. So that's always a great part about getting Tony on is you get the fighting world, and then you get the personal world, too, so.
3: Pay one ankle picker. It, once once sure. an
2: ankle picker, always an ankle picker. Uh,
3: With that, we have International Fight Week this week. Back in Vegas, pay per view, stacked card, uh, T.O. Arena, again, in Vegas. And Dan coming off the most recent set the spread victory, still chasing two on the year, 11 9 Reese. Got some interesting TV broadcasting situation this week. We've got Early prelims on ESPN at five central. Prelims for the first time ever on ABC at seven central. Is that
1: really a first time ever?
3: Pre yeah, yeah. pay per view.
1: Didn't we get a whole card on ES- on ABC to start the year? Cater uh, Holloway.
3: I think the main card was on ABC, but I don't think that the prelims were on right. ABC. Yeah, it could be right. Okay, so anyways, main cards pay per view per usual. Um, and actually. Only a four fight main card, unfortunately. We had Misha Tate, Lauren Murphy axed, but I repented. saw that
1: uh, Barbarina Lawler is going to get bumped up, continue that, his streak um, of, okay, of time main out. card. Not to derail, but that should
2: have been main card the whole time. Not only that, but let's do a quick little better fights for main card. I'll go first. Brad Navera's Dreikis Duplessis is a better fight. Just Brad Jalen Turner. Better women's fight. Uriah Hall, Andre Mooney's is a main card worthy. Donald Cerrone, Jim Miller. Ian Green, or Ian Gary versus Gabe Green at least has wrinkles. So we just basically
3: every other fight.
2: <laughs> Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner should be main card, maybe even over the Robbie Lawler. So anyways, I, I hope a speedy recovery for Lauren Murphy, but man.
3: That's already rebooked. It was COVID for Lauren Murphy, Murphy right. in what? I think July 16th or something.
2: Cool. So I'm glad everything's good, but I, this main this main card, whether it's Lawler, which Dan said is getting bumped, or if they decide to bump or Dell Turner, or literally any other fight, is is good with me. So, I love to see it.
3: Well, y'all want my vote because it's going to be the first fight that we set the spread for. It is a welterweight bout. It's actually the first prelim bout as currently scheduled. It's Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Jim? Okay.
1: I'm down. Sorry. I'm down to uh, set this one.
2: It's an I'll interesting anyone. Oh, you're saying you're going to kick it off. Go for it. Go no, for yeah, it. no, I, I, it I, can, I no, wasn't, wasn't no, going to kick
1: I, off an analysis right away. I was just going to say like a storyline that's not being mentioned enough is whoever wins this has the most wins in the UFC undisputed. It's going to be sick.
2: Is that actually the truth? Yeah, that's sweet.
3: Well, Dan, get into the analysis. You're kicking things off anyway.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this seems like a really interesting fight to break down just because of what we've seen from Cowboy. What is this, making weight three times in the last like two, two and a half months? It, it's a weird situation for any kind of person, any kind of fighter. I think that if you would ask me, um, if, if this was the initial fight scheduled, I might have it pretty close to even, uh, or maybe even having Cowboy as a favorite. But Jim Miller has shown that he's not just kind of clinging. He's he's competing and, and has two finishes uh, um, in his last two fights. He's got to be a favorite here. And, and I never would have expected that. I never would have expected to have Jim Miller as a favorite if you had asked me two months ago, ten months ago, three years ago. Um yeah, but I—that's I, where we're at. And it, for me, in terms of just the health of what we saw about Cowboys, especially that last weight cut, he had to shave off every single hair on his body, like eyebrows included, to get down to the to the weight. Um, I—I'm gonna go with Jim Miller minus one seventy, and even that seems a little low. I'd probably take him at one seventy, but um, maybe maybe not a little higher. I'll go seventy-five for for shits.
2: Okay. That is interesting. Cause I I'm with you on Jim Miller being the favorite and a little quick, like storyline. And when I mean quick, I mean quick. Jim Miller basically had, is uh, you know, a, a veteran of the sports been in, been around forever. And he got Lyme disease. Don't know how far back four years ago, five years, ago whatever, really mentally fucked him and physically fucked him since he started this new regimen and diet and medicine. He, he's talked about it before he looked so much better. And in that stretch, he's pulled off a couple really good upsets against people that – I mean, Roosevelt Robert obviously is aged, like, oh, he got cut, whatever. But at the time, that was a really good win. He was a big dog there. And he's ripped off two wins in a row. However, I think Cerrone's name value plus all in all, like, I mean, against the, like, random guys, like – a Scott Holtzman, of Vince Pichelle. I mean, Pichelle's older. He, he's struggled. And so I think it's going to be closer than 170 or 175. I think that Jim Miller's definitely the favorite. I'm going to go Jim Miller minus 150. A little early to price is right. I was going to say 65. But... All right, all right. Opened,
3: this was just earlier this week, what, two three days ago when the fight got announced. Minus 155 Miller steamed up minus 220 miller yeah
2: good steam good steam good job dan oh ha huh. yeah, that's good that's good
3: i bet you i mean
1: not, i'm not going to say part of that steam because this got booked after the weight cut and whatever but a lot of people probably considering that into, into their bet
3: wouldn't surprise me um, now we get to the main card uh first fight on the main yeah, card Bantam weight Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley. Reese, you're to kick things off.
2: The question I ask myself, as always, is, is this the spot? And, and that's in regards to fading O'Malley. Is this the spot? Is this the time? Because he's been on a slow grind up. Very, very slow. Very, very methodical. And eventually he's going to run into somebody that, is going to be too much to handle for for someone who's primarily. And, and I know Dan disagrees, I don't want to get into the Jits argument. We're not doing this, but I know he's a sizable favorite, and Moonhose isn't that guy yet. It, it's out there, it, it, it ain't him.
3: In
1: one episode, I'll be able to point to Sean O'Malley's autograph right behind me. I'll, I'll have it framed right up here alongside Dorino Burns, uh, alongside Takenor Gomi, just legendary gla- grapplers, King Mo Lawal.
2: Gotcha. So anyways, Dan's got a hell of a post. We've talked about it, but this line, Dan's autograph might sway in the wrong way. Not this guy. O'Malley's going to be favorite, but th- this is going to be a more respectful favorite than we've seen before. I'm going to go Sean O'Malley minus two Maybe 240.
1: I like that. I like that number. Um,
2: I, I'm not respectful.
1: sure exactly how much respect it shows Pedro Munoz, but I
2: mean, what's O'Malley's what's O'Malley's lowest line ever? Three hundred twenty against Vera, like that's a tough line.
1: Uh, I, O'Malley has all the talent in the world. Uh, he was what a minus three thirty favorite over Halloween and Piva. I'm not sure if if Pedro. I think I know that Pedro Munoz is a little bit st- of a step up from pa- Howley and Piva. Even even though Pedro is. Not the Pedro he once was, but I mean the, the losses to Aldo and Cruz don't have so much weight for me. Um and, and I think that O'Malley's a similar kind of guy to, to those Aldo and Crew guy cruz guys. So I, I think I'm gonna go under you. Mm-hmm. Um I th- probably would bet. Muñoz if it said plus 240, I don't think it's going to get all the way there. It might get their fight day, but I don't think it's there right right now. Yeah, I said O'Malley You're... minus 240. Yeah, I know. That...
2: Okay, I was just making sure. I was making right, sure. Right, right. If I said Muñoz plus 240, I meant O'Malley minus 240.
1: And that that's why I think the line is is just a little bit under. I I'm okay. I'm going to go with uh 205. I don't want to hit the 200 right on the mark. It's going to be about 200.
2: See, see 205 and I'm an anti O'Malley. I I think I hit that there. I think mm-hmm. I'm comfortable enough hitting that there. I think. I'm taping to be done, but
3: Reese takes one back here. 265 O'Malley. It opened early May, so a month and a half ago. Minus two fifty O'Malley. So I'm pretty steady a- since I'm hoping. doing
2: a little whaley zang.
3: when I lost. One one. Yes, Danny, mm-hmm. you lost. And coming off the loss, Dan will go first. Sean Strickland, Alex Pejeda. Uh,
1: This is a really fun fight, mostly because of the implications. Um, and, and whether or not you think that they're earned or, or whatever, the UFC is going to sell the shit out of a uh, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya 3, I guess. They, they, I mean, first time in MMA, but... Um the third time they'll see each other, and it is one hell of a storyline for this one. I just think that you have to have the mixed martial artist as the favorite. We saw Alex put on a a pretty decent performance, and I say pretty decent, um, against Michaelitis because he didn't look great in the first, and then the second the, the second opened up, he kind of disposed of his of his trash. But um, again versus Bruno Silva didn't look like he was dominant in, 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 in any part of the fight. And I expected more grappling out of Bruno. Where this gets, where the question marks come in on the Strickland side is he's going to talk about grappling all week and then fight to just like a, a patty cake, jab fest, boring decision and be like, what do you mean? It, it's, he's the least reliable guy um, stylistically to, to implement some kind of smart game plan. He's going to get in there and try and strike with um, one of the best strikers in the world. One of the best strikers the world's ever seen. and So I don't think it's going to be a crazy line even though one of these guys is is a lifelong mixed martial artist even though he doesn't show it and the other one is a a lifelong kickboxer that's really transitioning. But uh, I'm going to have Sean Strickland as the favorite and I'm going to make it minus 135.
2: Hmm. I'm going over you. And I think it's because of the aspect of if Strickland does make this a mixed martial arts fight, the line should be higher.
1: If Strickland if she, he shoots one takedown per round, he should be minus 500. I agree. And so I can't count on that.
2: So I actually was came in here with an idea of as high as minus 180. That's irresponsible to say at this point. So I'm going to go 150. Not full price is right, but I can't, this is too close of a competition and you're too worthy of an opponent. I'm going to draw it down. I wanted 180. I'm going 150. Minus 150 for Strickland, that is.
3: So early April, when this one opened, Sean Strickland minus 175. Minus 125. Pejera is your favorite now.
1: Wow, that's a horrible line. Wait, minus 125 Pereira?
3: Yeah. Yep.
2: That's a bad line. Good point for Danny. Bad line in my opinion.
3: It's a lot of steam there. A lot of early well, see, steam. I mean,
2: the problem is is you're dealing on the other side of of Pereira with a sociopath. And and if Strickland decides to clown and scream and be a, be a funny guy and play patty cake like Dan said, you, you might get a close decision or a flash knockout because Pereira is disgustingly dangerous. But if Strickland decides to make this a mixed martial arts fight, which he should, then especially with a title fight on the line, that seems like a bad line.
1: it does yeah. too. It, it, like we said, if he shoots three takedowns, one per round, it's minus 500.
2: I kind of agree with you. I mean, if he secures a takedown, I mean, we got a mixed martial artist first, a, a kind of a specialist, kind of like what we saw with Adolfo last week. And Adolfo did what? Couldn't get it to the mat. And that's exactly what Danny said was going to happen. And that's, and so it's kind of the, st- the same thing. If Prayer can't keep this standing, you just got to hope Sean doesn't play his game because Sean might.
3: 2 1 DK, first title fight of the night. We have for the third time the Featherweight title on the line between Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway.
2: So my first instinct, truly, was Volkanovski minus 300, right? And you're probably just like, what kind of crack is this guy smoking? But, I mean, how often do you have a trilogy where a guy's technically won both fights and is number two pound for pound and is not minus in that type of range? You know what I mean? I mean, that's a really normal range. Given and
1: hasn't play. lost since 2013 at welterweight
2: right however this fight's a little different because of the fact that i think a lot of people disrespectfully put suspect on one of one if not both both of volkanovsky's wins and i think that because of that this line's gonna be lower than it probably should be um and so I think if I was Vegas and I was ripping this line out and where I would want my exposure, I think I would do around minus 300 for Volkanovski. But, I mean, how often are you going to get a chance to bet Holloway at at plus 270? Never again. So I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to say Volkanovski minus 240. No. should be higher than that. Two. No, you know, I'll go 240. I don't want to fuck myself. 240, Dan, you're only moving my opinions to go higher. So, I think. I mean, I don't know what this line is, but it, it, I, I think. I, I mean, that's
1: a that's a perfect line because you look at the first two lines, it's plus 145 Volk, yeah, uh, minus 210 Volk.
2: Any one won both, yeah. Right.
1: So, yeah, in, in, in theory, it has to be more than minus 210. He's only looked way better than that since then.
2: I know, but so is Holloway low-key. I'm
1: going to go with – This is such a crazy, awesome fight. I'm going to go with the exact 210. I'm going to run that back. I think that Holloway <laughs> bettors think that they had value in the first one and are, and are betting anything that's near their first number, and all the Volk people are like, yeah, give me that same number again, and I'll hammer it too. I, I think this is a, a place where it's uh, – a meet in the middle of, of both sides being happy at the line. And I think the two tens the spot
2: not to get de- derailed, but what side are you taking? If it's a, a two ten? I'll just say like, where, where are you on that bulk side or are you on that? I feel like you're on that bulk side.
1: I really have to get back into the tape. I, I think something's got to give, but I think that bulk's better than him. I, you know, what's my real like gut reaction, what I think is going to happen in this fight Hmm. Something different in the first two. I think there's going to be a finish. I don't think it goes four and a half. I think one side figures it out or, or, or doesn't figure it out and really goes for broke. But I think that they, they there's got to be changes on the Holloway side if he wants to get this done. And I think it could be – it's always an awesome fight. I mean, these guys are two of the most talented guys in the world. But I, I think this one especially is going to be some some extra fireworks. I think we get a finish.
2: I like that prediction. All right, go ahead, go. Tell us the damage.
3: Similar to how Dan doesn't think or thinks there will be a finish. We won't need a fifth round in this set the spread. Dan takes the point. Oh, ha. Minus one finish. Volkanovsky. That's such what
1: a- is what is the four and a half uh, or fight doesn't go the distance. Is it like around even? I, uh, I would yeah, imagine yeah. that it's probably like minus 120 on the over three and a half, maybe over four and a half if they're getting cheeky in Vegas.
3: But I think I like that under.
1: That's so stupid.
3: I'm showing under four and a half plus 180. The worst part is I was going to go the other way. That's a big number.
1: Wow. I like that plus 180.
3: Um, we still have another title and so We don't want to shortchange anybody. This one might just come come down to a how high, given the fact that one of the fighters is Israel Adesanya at middleweight versus Jared Cannoneer. Floor is anybody's.
1: The only thing that I think is up in the air about this one is the same old kind of tired, in my opinion, storyline. Jared Cannoneer, former heavyweight, former light heavyweight. We saw Izzy lose the only time he was at a major size disparity with anyone who had any semblance of of wrestling and and was stronger than him. Um, That's the game plan for Cannoneer. That being said, Cannoneer got smoked against Whitaker. Um, Cannoneer got dropped by Brunson in the first round. I think that Izzy wins this fight. I think he finishes cannoneer. Um I I think 350 is a number that I that's where I came in on. Maybe three tw- no, I, yeah, I would bet it like 330. So like three or not, like bet it straight. Yeah, I might bet it straight. 330. 350. That's my number.
2: Middleweight's just so weak. I mean, it's gonna go back to this Adesanya's the new Anderson Silva type bullshit. Whatever, but yeah, I mean he got Bunch smoked by. Wh- he got, I mean he got smoked by Whittaker two fights ago. He has got a title shot. Whatever. Long story short, he beat Calvin Gaslam. Calvin Gaslam was a little bit of extra energy away from beating Izzy, dropped him three times. Never forget. I'm gonna go under Dan. Dan's at 350. I would say 330. Uh,
3: 400. I I mean, I won't be on the cannoneer side, will you? Be
2: honest with me. Is that a 400 because Israel Adesanya is minus 400 good, or is that 400 because cannoneer's not title shot guy?
1: I think more so the latter. I, 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 I'm coming around to your point maybe from a year, two years ago about middleweight being really weak and top heavy, but it's, it's, it's not, it's like, where's Vittori
2: in any other weight class? Where, like, Whitaker's. Whitaker is the number one middleweight for sure.
1: Okay, yep. okay. I was I was gonna I was gonna say you got my attention if you're about to shit on your boy.
2: No, Whitaker, <laughs> no, no, no. Whitaker, my
1: eyebrows went up to the ceiling. No,
2: no, 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 no. Pipe down, pipe down. Whitaker's the number one middleweight for sure. Izzy's champ. That second Whitaker fight was close. No one can that was close. I'm not hearing the Izzy destroyed him.
1: Yoel used to be the boogeyman, and we used to have a lot different of a perception on Paulo Costa from his. War wild
2: fight. It's like he's 42, super low volume. Like, if he threw volume, he could have gotten the job done. Izzy didn't throw volume either. And like, look at this division. Sean Strickland's four, who we're basically questioning if he can beat a newcomer. Brunson's 39. Hermanson can't seem to get a win streak together. Darren Till is ranked seventh, and he might he is one middleweight win out of four. He's one and three in middleweight. You four. bet
1: Darren Till against Robert Whitaker. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. The chin
2: didn't age like I thought it would. I'm embarrassed. What, what do you want? I you? think
1: that there's there's a difference in all of the perception of these middleweights from when we had the conversation to where they are now, Brad and it's Tataris, aging well for you.
2: Brad but they were different.
1: Tataris is 14. Anyways, he's so far from the rankings in terms of skill. wise like you ask, like phantom weights, like what does it take to get ranked? And they're like, uh, never. Any like
2: <laughs> even 205 and heavyweight are starting to come around. Middleweights just dead.
1: Middleweight's got, uh, I mean, guys coming up if you count Sha- uh, Hamzat in that conversation. I mean, I'd give Hamzad to 70, but
2: if he goes to 30, I mean, I think if Usman went to 85, Hamzat went to 85, I think they'd be very successful.
3: Let's put a bow on this one. Thanks again to
2: Tony. Shabcott to was big for 70. All right, sorry. He was I, huge. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Close it up. <laughs>
3: thanks again to tony this is a pay-per-view week we'll have at least cards finalized maybe some content out for you saturday morning we will have content for you pfl six this week yep. is that right we oh. should
1: yeah i've got a i have got I think media day on wednesday and and some more awesome fights i mean how about those
3: upsets holy crap dogs were barking last friday um, we'll get into it a little bit more with the regularly scheduled programming later in the week. Until then, Dan brings it within one. closes us up.
1: Porra!
3: Thank you for listening to Believe.